0: Hi listeners, Irenia here. This episode is very special because it's all about building your courage muscle as a person. Because we all need courage in our daily lives. The absence of fear is courage. We need to be a little bit more proactive with our courage. Especially in this time. Ryan Berman, he is the author of Return to Courage, we had a fantastic discussion about his journey as a serial entrepreneur and what an epic journey it is, his pivots, what he is fired up about currently and what he does to set the tone for the day, to keep a pep in his step and a pride in his stride. I'm gonna be honest with you, I wanted to keep that one to myself, but I know since I love it, you're gonna love it too. And Ryan has given you such a great gift, but I'm not gonna spoil that. You will find out as you listen to this episode. Enjoy it. Make sure you take some notes. Please, if this episode impacts your life or you know someone that it would impact, please share it with a friend. Write us a review. Let me know what you think. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome, superstars. Thank you so much for tuning in to this style. You're listening to Art Live with Irenia. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Ryan Bergman. He's a serial entrepreneur and author all the way in the United States. Welcome, Ryan.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I am doing great. I am so excited to have you on this episode because I know that you have so much wisdom to share with our audience, you know, given that you're a serial entrepreneur, you know, building multiple businesses. So I'm super excited about that.
1: Uh, no, I'm excited to be here too. I, I love talking about this stuff and, and however I can help the audience I'm, I'm in.
0: Let's give the audience a flavor of Ryan. Give us your backstory.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I am um I grew up in business in New York City and the creative marketing arena. And um, came out came out of advertising. And it was an amazing place for me to start. Um because what most people don't know about the advertising businesses that you're working on three or four or five projects at a time and you're getting exposed to not just one industry, you know, at any moment you could be working on healthcare or apparel or tech. And um, it was like getting a PhD in business because I got to see the ins and outs of all these different industries. And what I was learning is, of my clients were deep experts in a vertical. And where innovation was happening is where you were taking a process from one vertical that had been brought into a new vertical. And like, wow, this thing we're doing in apparel would, be, would translate really well into tech. Why isn't anybody doing this? And so I'm really, uh, I describe myself as a creative business guy and uh in the creative business business and in 2004 moved to southern california and stumbled into starting my first creative agency called fish tank Um, turned that into a company called idea idea grew the company to 70 people and um in 2019 published my book return on courage and launched courageous which is where i am today
0: that's absolutely fabulous you know i i love that you're intersecting with you know innovation and creativity in the work that you're you're doing you know you said you're a creative business guy do you believe everybody can be um you know can harness their creativity
1: oh absolutely yeah i think i think there are certain things in life that are that are relative i think courage is relative I think creativity is relative. So the big sort of roadblock might be your willingness to believe that you're capable of being creative or capable of being courageous. And I equated it a little bit like skiing. If I can't get you to the mountain, we're in trouble. But but if you're open to going to the mountain, even if you're a bunny slope skier and you're willing to get on the mountain and try, over time I can get you to intermediate. Or you can get intermediate and over time then maybe we're moving up to a black diamond and if you look at creativity or courage as a muscle and you take that mental muscle to the gym and you start developing that muscle putting time behind that muscle working on that muscle then it's of course it's going to grow and it's going to grow and sometimes that muscle might be researching other types of creativity and finding out what kind of gets you going what styles you like and then how do you start to apply that for yourself so i think the real enemy here is the question oh i'm not creative I, i i'm not or when you say to yourself i'm not creative that's somebody else um and i think we flip it and go well how creative am i where does my creativity show up and go from there
0: i love that right it's having that belief in oneself, as you said, and reframing, you know, that question um, or that statement that we're telling ourselves. So to be courageous, what do you think are some of the things, you know, we need to be thinking about?
1: Yeah, number one, and this is covered in Return on Courage pretty, pretty much in detail, but I think we have the wrong idea of what courage is. Therefore, you know, we think courage is for other people or we think it's this impulsive move where we're running into a burning building, right? Or jumping out of an airplane or courage doesn't have a place to show up in my daily life. And in fact, I talk about the six courage myths um, in the book. And so what I would suggest is that courage always starts with knowledge. And imagine there are a few places in your life where you should unlock that courage and be calculated with that courage, whether it's, you know what, I've been doing this job for quite some time and I, I now know I don't, I don't love this job and I'm going to pivot. So how am I going to pivot? And this really leads me to my definition of courage, which is knowledge plus action, I knowledge plus faith plus action equals courage. And it needs to be all three. You're never going to have every bit of knowledge you need to make a call, which is why we need faith. And you've already mentioned already about the, uh, the importance of belief. So we're not talking about faith from a religious standpoint. We're talking about it from like an inner belief standpoint. What does that intuition say from all that experience you've had in your lifetime? And then how often have you known what you should do and you feel it's the right move? But for whatever reason, you can't take action. And so to me, without the action part, there is no courage. In fact, knowledge plus faith with no action is paralysis. And faith and action without knowledge, in my opinion, is reckless. And if you have the knowledge and you're taking action, but on the inside, you're numb, you don't really have that faith, you're bored, you're probably working on status quo. You're working on safe. So it has to be all three. And to me, what I really wanted to do was give people a tool that if they were working on something that needed courage, they could spot it in real time. And so here are the questions I would love to think about. Knowledge is the think, faith is the feel, and action is the do. What do I think about this? How does this make me feel, and what am I gonna do about it? And start to run yourself through those three questions. When you do, I think you come out the other side working on courage.
0: That is absolutely awesome. I, I love what you you said there with regards to courage being, you know, knowledge, faith, and action. And um, those are some really cool questions that you've given our audience to, you know, contemplate upon. And I'll definitely, you know, encourage. Um, those of you who are listening to really look up the book return to courage um that um ryan has published um ryan where can we find your book
1: yeah so return on courage you can find at even returnoncourage.com um if you're an amazon person it's on amazon as well and if you like my voice and you want to fumble through four hours with me six hours with me We also have the Audible version.
0: That's absolutely fantastic. And we all know that right now in uncertain times in this economic downturn, there are many people who need to have courage, um, you know, in their job search. What advice would you have for the folks who have been followed, the folks who are just graduated, the mid-level career professional who is making a pivot,
1: yeah, I think I would start by saying change happens whether we like it or not. I mean, it's it's happening every single day. It's, it's intensified now for all the reasons we know with this pandemic going on. But, you know, even you drive change or change drives you. And sometimes in life, it's not a bad thing if change drives you. I was fired from my first job um, at a big creative agency in New York. And I remember being mad about it. I remember being embarrassed about it. Um, I felt like the person who fired me didn't, didn't know me, didn't know what I was capable of doing. I never had the opportunity to work with that person. And I'd given seven years of my life to that company. And so you can imagine when a new creative director comes in and lets you go, you feel all the feelings, including embarrassment. Yeah but without without that moment which i call my negative blessing i don't move to california you know if i don't move to california i don't become an entrepreneur you know if i don't become an entrepreneur i don't i don't have the curiosity to chase down this word of courage and study it like i did for 3 years so i don't have the book i don't have you know this sort of this thing that has me, this passionate thing that has me on, on teaching uh, people how to be more courageous. I don't meet my wife. Uh, you know, th- it's like the, it, it goes on and on and on the list. And so these negative blessings, which is, which is how I chalk it up is as much about a mindset, right. To just give yourself permission to go, okay, so now what, what can I do about this moment? And looking back, and I talk about this in the book, it's like, how is it possible that one of the worst days of my life? is now one of the best days of my life. And without it, I don't go on to do all these different things and explore all these different topics. So give yourself permission. If you've been let go or furloughed or maybe you're graduating right now and you're really, really scared, you know, give yourself permission to call it what it is. Maybe it's a negative blessing. Maybe it's going to sort of knock you off your robotic path and into something completely different. And then my my suggestion is to start really working on yourself, like start designing, like really understand like what it is that you want to do, Um, figure out how you're wired. Arinia, you know, we were talking about um, core values values earlier, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, if you look at the the way the book breaks down, one of the real big issues is we, we don't have, we almost don't have courage training. Like no one's taught us how to, how to deal with our central nervous system. And in the book, I talk about how cool it would be if we could develop a central courage system to combat our central nervous systems. But how do you do that? So there's an actual process that's in the book. It's, there's a price of building your central courage system. Price is actually uh, an acronym. And the, I never thought I'd be a guy with an acronym, but here I am. And uh, <laughs> the very first step is, is prioritize your values. And I think core values, they're not eye rolls. They're how the exceptional role. And we think we know ourselves, but we really haven't done the hard work to clarify through personal values. Um, My values are, I've got four personal core values. This is the order that they're in, by the way. Playfulness Mm -hmm. is number one.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I take my work seriously, but not myself that seriously. So, Creativity is my number two. I think that's uh, that's really my superpower. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's hearing what's not said and and using creativity to tell a story or to to translate difficult topics. Um, courage mm-hmm. is three, and I, and I I think it's a bit pretentious to be like, oh, I'm courageous, but I like to surround myself with people that want to stretch and and people that want to take the leap.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And number four is excellence. I want to do great things with my time on this planet. So. If you now that I have that level of clarity by the way, the amount of time i save with like with people that don't align with my values i i really don't spend time with people that don't align with with those four and um it keeps me focused on the things that matter most so if you want this by the way, i'm happy to give your audience like if you want the free core values assessment
0: email absolutely me. yeah absolutely okay, so, yeah.
1: so ryan berman r y a n b e r M-A-N at couragebrands.com. Please email me. I'm happy to send this to you. If that, if you take anything from this episode, it's start working on yourself. Cause remember, like, if you don't know what you stand for, you really never know when to take a stand. And I think giving you the clarity and the tools you need, that's part of this courageous decision-making. That's part of the the, the knowledge side of like knowing when you should hold firm and, and when you should let go of something.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Ryan. Um, listeners, I'm going to drop the email in the show notes so you can refer to it. Um, you also talk about, you know, people, right? Um, you want to be around people who, who are in tune with your values of playfulness, creativity, courage, and excellence and we all know that we need people in our lives. How have mentors impacted your journey?
1: Such a good question. And I wish I wasn't so stubborn growing up. You know, I I think I got thrown into this New York City rat race and the way you describe, the way I describe New York City is like, it's like a treadmill on 10.0 and it doesn't slow down for anybody so if you can jump on it and not bust your chin open, you can stay a while, but it's hard to do. And by the way, it's just as hard to jump off that treadmill of New York City. Yeah. Um, and so I think I was in Maslow land. I think I was in survival mode. I was playing the rules of the game and um, versus really seeking out mentors. Now, that stated I was really lucky to run into some some mentors who did guide me in the right direction. Um, I remembered wanting to be a creative, and uh, but I started my career on the other side of the brain as a business person and was lucky to, to run into people like James Chung, um, Eric Bertuccio, Sam Higgins, a man named Phil Silvestri, who all sort of gave me a shot. And sometimes, sometimes mentorship is just finding Open-minded people that are willing to, to give you the attention and belief you need to follow through on on something on your path. But when I really think about my mentor, mentor, it wasn't until someone I found until later in life. <clears throat> His name's Steve Wilhite. Steve was um, hired by Steve Jobs to run marketing at Apple. Both both of us lived here in Southern California, and um, you know someone once said to me. It takes you 40 years to figure out who you are, and the next 40 to, to be that person. And I do find it fascinating that I met Steve right around the time I turned 40. I wish I would have met him when I was 30, or 20. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, I think one of the big points I hope your audience takes away, especially those who are just finishing school mm-hmm. or are in between jobs is what if you repose your search and you're not looking for a job, you're only interviewing for a mentor? How does that change the questions that you're asking the company? Right, If you're going to give a year, two years, five years to a business, don't you want to know that you're in the right place and not waste time? And I know it is hard right now. There's a lot of Maslow going on out there. But how does it shape your questions when you start asking them? You, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And even during this pandemic, just that little shift may, may make your questions stand out from other people's questions. So, yeah, I would write down on a piece of paper, like, what am I looking for in a job on the left side? Maybe Maybe a line down the middle of a piece of paper. What am I looking for in a job on one side? What am I looking for in a mentor on the right side? And then, coming out of that, write your three to five questions and bring those into the interview with you, because I think the minute you start looking for a mentor, it just again you 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 come off the energy of you, and the interview will change.
0: This is absolutely gold. Um, this is the first time I've heard you know, the reframe of looking at the job search. I love this in terms of looking for that mentor, that person that's gonna shape the next year, two years, five years, 10 years of your life. We know that a lot of employees, you know, in this 21st century are quite mobile, especially the millennial who are always looking to position themselves with companies who are purpose-driven. So in, in terms of leadership, you know, what sort of leadership do you stand for in your organization, at Ryan, when you leave your employees?
1: Yeah, this is, it's so funny. Cause I, I have a, um, I have a newsletter that goes out every Thursday. It's like, if you want a, a weekly dose of courage, you, you can sign up for it on, you know, at returnoncourage.com or at ryanberman.com. And, And the whole point of me bringing that up is this, this Thursday, I'm I'm like talking about how do you lead through a crisis, you know, and like, what, what should we be doing? And I think it mirrors my leadership style. And by the way, there's been times in my career where I don't think I've been a good leader. I think I've tried to be a good leader, but there's, there's times when you're a younger leader that, you know, you especially when you're also the creator that you take a project away and you're, you're doing versus leading. So I sort of recognize in my, in myself how I have evolved as a leader as well. And one of the things that I'm sharing this week is what I call the four L's. And if I'm a leader, I should be leading through these four L's. And the first L is listening. Hmm. And are you creating an, a, a platform a psychological safe space to really listen to your team you know listen to what's going on in the world have you created that that platform and and by the way has your team picked up what you're putting down that you're willing to listen which leads to the other l second l which is learning so now it's what do you take off of that listening and if I'm learning, I wanna make sure that I'm picking up what my team is putting down. So repeating back to our teams, what we're learning. Um, which again, I think that listening and learning part, it just shows you what a good leader can be. And it leads to the third eye, which is love. Like, are you, are you really loving as you're leading? this is the laws of attraction. If you love, hopefully your team's going to feel that love and that love could show up in passion. It could show up in, in care. It could, it could show up in preparation. It basically shows up in anything but phoning it in. And how do your, how does your team feel that love from you? And by the way, sometimes love is tough love. You know, if, if it's, mm-hmm. I, I listened and I heard, and I believe this is what you're suggesting and, and we're not going to go in that direction, but here's why. And providing that why I, I think tough love is still part of the love equation. And when you get those three right, I think it lands on the the actual final L, which is leading. Like you're actually leading, leading your team. And you know, if you have no followers, then you're you're really not a leader. But I do believe that great leaders are guiders and we're guiding our team. And we're not only are we leading the way, we're leading through our values. And we're, we're leading for the purposes of taking action. So those are my four L's that I'm actually putting into my newsletter this week, where it's like listening, are we learning, are we loving, and are we leading? And by the way, when you get this part wrong, in my opinion, there's a fifth L, which is loneliness. And I think, it, you know, when you, it's a one-way street as a leader, if you feel lonely as a leader and you really haven't made it a two-way street with your team, that's a bit of a data point. That you need to recalibrate the way you're working with your squad.
0: I love it. Recalibrate the way you're working with your squad. And um, I, I really like what you, the points that you brought up about leading, because I would segue into, you know, with good leadership comes a great organizational culture, right? An openness, a community, right?
1: Oh, no question. Yeah. It's, it's a permission based organization, right? There's permission to experiment. There's, there's, um, you know, I have a, you know, I've, although we're not doing live keynotes right now, a lot of my business was doing in-person workshops or keynotes. And there's sort of one of the KPIs, you know, the book is called return on courage. So the whole idea is, I believe ROC is how you maximize your ROI return on courage is, you know, leads to return on investment. And one of the returns, Is this idea of, you know what, corporate confidence? And when you're in an organization that gives their team permission to be courageous, it makes it easier for that team to do it again and again. So I do think courage breeds courage. And conversely, I think fear breeds fear. Mm -hmm. So it's a choice. If you're in an organization that's driven by fear, it's going to perpetuate fear. If you're in an organization that that's driven by courage and gives your team permission to experiment, then courage breeds courage and you're gonna feel that in the organization as well.
0: Okay. I love what you're saying with regards to, you know, courage breeds courage because that empowers, you know, the individual within the organization to really be creative, to really be innovative, to really bring out ideas and solutions that are evident in in helping to build up um, the organization. So I I really like that uh, you touched on that. Let's segue into, you know, you're a serial entrepreneur. And for those out there who are looking to become entrepreneur, what's the characteristics and traits, you know, they need to, to have or they need to tap into when they become an entrepreneur.
1: It's such a, a hard question to wrap your head around. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: look, I think it's less about you being an entrepreneur and more about what problem are you solving? Like, where's the pain that you're seeing in society and then how are you trying to be a remedy for that pain? You know, so I, one of the things we have yet to, to talk about is, is my, you know, I call it my own courage brand sock problems. So if you go to sock you know, we decided to create a whole line of socks that sock different problems in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, could sock be a verb and a noun, right? So if you wanted to sock cancer or you wanted to sock gun violence, or you wanted mm-hmm. to sock racism, could we create a sock? that really helped people that are most passionate about the issues express how they're feeling. You know, my, my, if I had a family member who had breast cancer, I could buy the pair of socks and, and take a picture of it and text it to my family member. And if I know anything about my gender, we're, we're not the best of communicators. So it's an easy way to show we care. Um, what makes the company different is that we're literally giving targeted cash back to different charity partners. So we, we actually won't make a sock unless there's a problem. And so each sock has a four star charity navigator partner associated with it. So if you are stocking breast cancer, the 25% of the proceeds go back to the national breast cancer foundation, or if if you want to sock racism, we've got proceeds going back to the Rodney King foundation, which is Laura King. Um, Ronnie King's daughter, if you wanted to sock inequality, it's going back to flag, And you just felt like there wasn't any like little dents, little moments where people could really, really express what they're most passionate about and giving them the tools to do that because it's especially in this world where uh, it's clear that there these problems, certain problems are not going away anytime soon. How do we do our little part to advance the story and move it forward? So the tagline is Care, Wear, Share. And again, it has me. Like, I'm passionate about socking problems. I feel like I get to use my, all of my, my skills to bring this creative business to life and to try to make a difference.
0: Wow. And who doesn't love socks? We all need socks. I mean, in the winter, <laughs> I sleep with socks, right? Um, in the summer, it's different. But um, I love the social impact um you know company that you have because each sock that you produce is linked you know to a charity and um or cause and so with the design of your sock do you design the sock or you do you get the the how how is yeah, the design around the, the sock yeah. done
1: yeah we we're designing the socks on our side Um, So all the socks that you see at the site have been designed by our team. And then, um, and again, they're fun socks, you know, we're, we're trying to bring the Mm -hmm. lighter side of some pretty heavy issues. um, But definitely want um, people to, to put a smile on people's face as they're doing with, as they're sharing our our story forward. And if you think about even in businesses, there's not too many places where, people can really express their creativity Mm -hmm. and uh, one of those places is socks. So giving you what you need to, to go feel your best. We always like to say it feels good on your, on your feet, but on your mind, heart, and soul as well.
0: I am. I, I, I really love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I Mm, will be sure to drop um, that website um, in, in the show notes as well. So, We've talked about, you know, a lot of things uh, in, in terms of, you know, what it means to be courageous, what it means to be creative, you know, looking at mentorship in a different light, as well as the job search. And you've given, you know, my listeners a lot of great golden nuggets. Let's now focus on some of the things that, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're setting your, the tone for the day, you know what do you do, Ryan?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I got to tell you, there's only a few things I try to do <laughs> every morning. Yeah. First of all, when my, my alarm goes off and I use my phone for my alarm, I've changed all the labels, which I don't know if you know you can do. But I've actually gone into my phone and created triggers and affirmations that I need to see for me to kick off my day. And one of the sort of learning moments from writing my book, just from sitting with clinical psychologists and Cambridge PhDs and immunologists who studied the brain, is that we really have to train our unconscious brains. And by creating little triggers and seeing them every day, you're building that muscle of what you need to see. So one of my alarms has my my four corporate values. One of my alarms has build strong central courage systems. You know, they're just friendly reminders for myself um, that I need to continue down my path and I'm making progress. Um, so to me, that's that's I actually start my day with that trigger. And then the second thing I, I try to do is actually make my bed, start my day with the win. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, get my get my get myself get myself going in the right direction i um and then i follow that with what i call a fun run <laughs> this yeah. is my way of convincing myself that i like running okay so it's a one mile run around the neighborhood sometimes to music and when i really want to challenge myself sometimes not to music it's just a way to really kick off my morning mm-hmm. um and then it's followed even by a little bit more exercise or uh, depending on how bad my day is going to be, jumping into work, um, spending time with my kids. I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. One of the joys of the current situation is I'm, I'm not living on airplanes anymore, so I get to have dinner with my family every day and um, get to see my kids, which is great. Um, those are really the rituals. And then coffee. Coffee is sort of like the, the turning point. <laughs> the turning point to work. Um, and once we've had our coffee, it's 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 go time.
0: That's that's awesome, I love it. I love that you have a fun run to convince yourself that you love running. I think I might just try that because um, yeah, running is not my favorite thing either. Leave it to uh, a,
1: a branding guy to create, you know, try to <laughs> use a brand, create a brand and convince himself that he likes running.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. You know, um, yeah, movement, you know, big movement in the body, in the morning, it, it definitely helps to change the physiology, as well as music changes our mood and energy. So what song or album do you listen to, you know, on a regular basis to give you that pep in your step, that pride in your stride?
1: Yeah, it's such a good question. I mean, again, and I think music really does just kind of changed the game for us. And I'm a, I'm a pretty big Mumford and sons fan. Um, I'm also, you know, Coldplay, there's a certain, um, few songs from Coldplay that I love to run to yes, and just gets me going. And then I think it's because it it reminds me of when I was back in college, but so I admit that, but (laughs) definitely a Dave Matthews band. fan And, um, have seen him a number of times. And my wife and I are big DMB fans.
0: That is awesome. And of course, you're an author, right? But I'm going to ask you this question anyway. Is there any books you could recommend that has changed your trajectory of your life?
1: I mean, you know, this is like a setup question, right? How do I not say... (laughs) Uh, return on courage but but maybe the 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 answer is is for different reasons so mm-hmm. you know if if you study great storytelling yes. whether it's a movie or tv mm-hmm. or books you know the the structure of story is pretty 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 much the same and the story goes like this there's a hero a protagonist and and um the balance of their life gets out of order and they take the remaining portion of the story to get that life back in order, but there there's a pursuit of some sort of treasure, and the thing they thought they were going after, it turns out to be something entirely different, and that, that storyline holds true for me for the book. You know, I wrote the book thinking I was writing it to position my last company, and it pretty much gave me the courage to fire myself, and um, you know, the joke is I wrote the book because I needed the book. And so it inspired me, you know, in more ways than I knew I had access to all these amazing leaders and thinkers and was able to get quiet over a period of, you know, two to three years. And um, so being able to go and learn from all these amazing people, you know, the book really did change my life. It changed my trajectory. And I think for anybody that's looking to unlock a bit of courage in their life, and learn a little bit about who they are, what they want out of their their, uh, work environment or life, the book can really help.
0: All right. That is uh, fantastic. So if there's one key takeaway, now before we get to that, you know, in terms of the work that you're doing, where you see yourself now, you know, what impact is that gonna have on the next generation, do you think?
1: I mean, if I'm running an organization right now and you, you have to be thinking about the demands of the next generation and what they want. And you already said it earlier in the episode, they are driven by purpose and contribution. And so how are you creating environments that can shine a light on that? Um, in some ways, I'm just a translator, trying to sit between C-suites and the next gen. And I'm trying to like tell the C-suite like, hey, this next generation, they don't wanna, they're not interested in working for 20 years for you and putting their head down for a watch. They, they wanna make a difference, they wanna make a dent. And your job as the leader is not to say how entitled this generation is, it's, just, it's to build a place, a safe space, with a real purpose that galvanizes people and teams that allows them to do their very best work. Because if you create that environment, if you create that space, you're going to have, uh, you know, less attrition issues. We're going to have people that want to come to work for you. And you're going to have a true rally cry in your why, which is what I like to call it. And if I'm the next generation, I'm challenging them to work for leaders that want to make the world a better place. Not just about the bottom line of business, it's also about like, what, what can we do in the world to make the world a better place?
0: That's absolutely awesome. Ryan, you know, we've talked a lot, we've, we've, we've gone through you know a lot of key elements and I did mention that earlier, you know, mentorship, some of the pivots that you've done, the importance of courage, the importance of creativity and um of course um you gave us you gave our listeners you know some um freebies that um they can access if there is one key takeaway that you want to leave with our listeners today based on our discussion what would that be
1: i think it would be that of all things what have i said that even when you're scared to try something new or to take that risk, that when you go through that hard moment, usually you come out the other side, a happier person. And so that's the irony is that courage, I think makes us happier. And when I think about the focus group of one of myself, where I've been sad or stuck or scared in my career or life, but still went, through that moment, you know, we call that fear and and sort of faced that fear head on and didn't stop, went through it, kept going and coming out the other side. I, I do think that courage can set you free. And I do think it's for anybody that's open and willing to going on the journey. So trust that, trust that, that instinct and go for it.
0: Thank you so much. This is so big. I love it. You heard that listeners. Courage makes us happier. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate you coming on to the show. I know that my listeners are going to simply just enjoy and, you know, really resonate with this episode just as I did. And, um, I just want to make sure I know you've, you've mentioned your website earlier and your email. I mentioned, I'm going to put that in the show notes. That's good. Is there anything else you would like to share?
1: Uh, I think you got it all. I mean, I'm excited to to, to keep pushing through and, um, you can find me at, uh, returnoncourage.com or find me on LinkedIn and, Stay in touch and good luck on your journey.
0: All right. And,
1: and thank you for having me on the show. I really do appreciate it.
0: You are most welcome. Listeners, I'm preparing this fantastic community for you, a community where we can gather, collide, share our ideas, and support each other. I have a lot of plans for you. You are simply going to enjoy the Live with Irene community. It's coming soon. I will be sharing more in future episodes. Hang on to your seats because we are going to have so much fun. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I would love to incorporate you into my show. If you're facing a challenge, if you want to give a shout out, please email me, infolivewithirenia at gmail.com. All one word, infolivewithirenia and gmail.com. If it fits with the program, I will definitely incorporate it. If you're sending a shout out, Oh, I would certainly love that. If you found value in the show, please share it with a friend. It's important that we share this knowledge and spread it all across the world. After all, we are in this life journey together. Please do subscribe to this podcast so that you can know when a new episode drops. Please head on over to iTunes, give us a review, let me know how great you think the show is, and give me some feedback on an episode that has changed the trajectory of your life or has impacted you in some small way. If you want to connect with me on social, head on over to Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at LiveWithIrenia. This podcast was produced by me in my home studio, including all brand elements. Listeners, until our next episode, walk into your day with positive vibes. My hope for you is that you find your vibe wherever you may be in your life journey. I'm your host, Irene Roussel.